Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I am Ryan Rhodes. On today's episode, the supernatural power of joy to break suicidal thoughts, addressing the father-mother wound wounds that ministers past have carried throughout their ministries, and what would you tell your 20-year-old self? To conclude Season 2 of the Fire Podcast, it's time for the Unfiltered Roundtable, a discussion where nothing is off-limits and vulnerability is welcomed. On this episode, former guests Andres Brisuela, Justin Allen, and Vince Canagraj gather around the table to answer your questions and share deep truths of who Jesus has been to them. This is Part 2 of that conversation, so if you missed Part 1, please jump back to that. You do not want to miss Part 1. It was... Uh, incredible the way Holy Spirit was showing up on that. I did not ask permission to share testimonies, so I won't share any specifics, but there were several testimonies that came out um, just from from that episode. Um, So please share that with your friends. Uh, Share this episode with your friends. I believe Holy Spirit is on this conversation. And actually, uh, it made it clear that we need to have more of these conversations. I think think that there's some topics that we've... uh, made taboo in the church accidentally and there's things we don't talk about that we need to and uh in the last podcast we ended up talking about suicide and uh suicidal thoughts and it's just one of those things people don't talk about but then you have ministers and you have christians who are committing suicide um so it's it's something that needs talked about we need to be vulnerable and actually um i think vulnerability is a key especially in leadership i i I believe that People don't follow somebody who's perfect. They follow somebody who's vulnerable and open, and they allow their humanity to be seen, uh, and as well as how God empowers their humanity with His supernatural power. And so, I think that's important. So, we will we'll be having more of these uh, unfiltered roundtables. I'll probably uh, sprinkle them throughout the next season when we jump into season three. I've also got some amazing guests lined up, and I'm excited for that. And before we start this, I, I do want to share real quick uh, a quick testimony. Um, some of you may have seen on social media what happened with my daughter. Um, my wife and I, we've, we've been, our immediate family, like we've been going through uh, some some elements of hell while also seeing some of the craziest breakthroughs and like just things that God has promised for so long begin to open up for us, um, which has been really amazing. Uh, but also really difficult. And, um, and so one of the things that happened is um, uh, we, we had gotten back from uh, a trip to Texas. And while in Texas, I had this incredible moment of, of breakthrough uh, after Landon shot. And um, I think his name is Matt Wakefield, one of the other pastors at Mercy Culture, prayed over me uh, after one of the Sunday, Sunday Pentecost Sunday service. Um, and I was, I was really uh, impacted by that. It was something I really needed and was asking God for. We get back, and we were all exhausted, obviously. It was a long day of traveling. Um, and the next day, uh, my daughter, you know, she's fine, playing like normal, her normal self, excited to go down for a nap. Likes to, she likes to nap, and she likes to read books. And uh, anyway, so she goes down for a nap. She's taking a little bit longer than uh, the normal. And I, I had walked past her room. I heard a w- kind of weird sound and um, I had opened her door and then I was like, oh man, she's still asleep. I thought she was in there awake, like ready for me to come get her because it had been a while. And I walked up to my wife and she's like, yeah, she, she's not up yet. And we looked at the, uh, our baby monitor and 
she was still in there, but she's making some weird noises. So I was like, I'm going to go check on her. And I went in and found, I found Sophia having a seizure and she was face down in her own vomit and she was actually suffocating. And, um, it's, it's the, the mercy of God that, uh, you know, that we felt like we needed to check on her because we were going to let her nap longer. Um, and she, you know, could potentially completely suffocate and died. And, um, anyway, so I find her having a seizure and her own vomit. Um, my wife, I yell to her, she calls 911 and I'm, I, you know, start doing the things you do. Um, luckily I, I, I knew some medical things to do in that situation. And then the 911 operator got on and was helping us as we're like, you know, praying in tongues and, um, and doing the things and, and tracking her breathing. Cause she was having trouble breathing. And, um, it's one of the hardest things, not one of the hardest, it's the hardest thing I've ever been through. Um, if you, if you guys ever, ever seen me around my daughter or heard me talk about her, I love that little girl so much. Uh, she brings me so much joy. And, uh, and in that moment, you know, y- you don't always know what's in you until you get in those moments. And I was, I was thankful that we weren't full of fear. Um, though fear was present. I actually, as it was happening, because one of the things, one of the things that was happening, and this is one of the, you know, as a parent, um, it's, it's, it's very difficult, but she was not, once she came out of the seizure, she was not responding to me. Like she was awake and she was looking around the room, but she, it was like, she couldn't see or hear me. And, uh, that was one of the hardest things for my father heart because I'm calling out to my little girl I'm patting her on the face I'm talking to her and she's just not responding and um anyways as that's happening I'm hearing and I want to share this because you know talking about uh, vulnerability and everything I think I think it's important and uh this is one of those moments I just want to be vulnerable with you guys and share some of this but as as I'm doing this as I'm you know the 911 operators asking me questions I'm praying the spirit in between and I hear these voices begin to speak to me and they're saying different things about her future. Uh, things like, you know, she's, she's mentally damaged now and she's going to be like this the rest of her life, that she's not going to be able to look me in the eyes again, that she's not going to be able to interact with me. Um, you know, all that I'm hearing all that. Um, but I have this intensity and it's similar. Some of you know, Sophia's story when she was, uh, actually when, when my wife was in, in labor with her, and it was in the final little, little push, um, you know, right before that, I heard a voice, an audible voice say to me, uh, she's going to be born dead. And, you know, I started just praying the spirit. Um, she comes out, she had the cord wrapped around her neck. She was lifeless. Her heartbeat was, was low and she was barely breathing. And, uh, and she was, uh, bluish. There's actually a video on YouTube. If you want to find it, my wife put a video together, um, just telling the testimony. Uh, but I remember just, you know, just praying, um, praying in tongues under my breath, holding her little foot as they're working on her and doing mouth to mouth. So it's not the first time, you know, and, and even when that happened, there was no fear. It, I just, I knew she was going to be okay. Um, but I was angry that such a beautiful moment was being stolen by, uh, the enemy trying to take her out. And that's how this felt. It felt again like that resoluteness, like she's gonna be okay, but hell is is trying to destroy our life right now. And um anyways, so 
we got in the ambulance, the paramedics were incredible. Um, some of the kindest, uh, people I've ever met. They did an incredible job. And, um, anyways, I remember I, I had a migraine, like during all of this, a migraine spiked and I'm sitting in the ambulance, Sophia, I'm behind her head. Um, she's in the gurney and I'm behind her head sitting in the seat there. And I'm just, she can't see me. Um, she started to wake up a little bit and cry and I would just speak to her and I'm like, I'm petting, like petting her hair, stroking her hair with my hand and praying over her, praying in the spirit. And I remember just getting quiet for a second. I just nodded my head and I heard Holy Spirit. So, so it was so soft, but it was so peaceful. And so, um, like he was so present because he was not like he, he, he just, he was there. Um, and he said, she's going to be okay. And I remember that gave me such peace knowing that this was going to work out. Uh, I won't get into all the story, but I'll, you know, it was difficult then watching her have to go through some of the tests and wake up on a, in a hospital and have no idea what happened. And, you know, we're praying against trauma and her having to go through some really rough things. Um, and ultimately it came down to, she had, uh, there was a spike in a fever, which I, you know, this whole thing is demonic in nature, but she had a spike in a fever that caused a febrile seizure. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it, but it, it's fairly common in kids under five. Um, it's not, it's not necessarily serious unless they can't breathe. And so the fact that, um, you know, we walked in and I walked in and found her, um, you know, that was a big deal. And so that, I'm so thankful for that. Um, she's fine now, but, uh, then we get home and then I was going to go, I was going to go get some, uh, some medicine and things for her. And I pulled out of the driveway and our tire was flat <laughs> and it was just one of those things. It was actually comical at that point. And it just, it felt like the enemy, you know, we've had some major breakthroughs and God's been doing some incredible things in our life. I just felt like the enemy was trying to do anything he could to wear us down and to make us question the goodness of God. And that's why I want to testify today. And I just want to share this with you guys that God is so good and he took care of us. And we had such an amazing, just some of the people in our lives, actually some of the, the, the people that are in this roundtable discussion with me were some of the people that became uh, the closest supports to us as well as others of you around the country and, and here in Washington and so much support, so much love. I, you know, somebody sent us a thousand dollars and just like here, just to take care of stuff because, it, you know, it was this and we got hit with some other financial stuff and the medical bills. And it was just like, what is happening? <laughs> you know? Uh, and I don't know if you guys ever felt that where it's, it's not, I know some people get like, Oh, the devil's attacking me you know, all the time. Uh, this was one of those times where it was like very obvious. That's what was happening. And, uh, but we saw the goodness of God and are continuing to see the goodness of God. And my little girl is doing well. She, it's like, she doesn't remember it, thankfully. So there's no trauma there. She actually loves the doctors. She's been back to her pediatrician twice. Um, and, and still, you know, loves that, that side of it. Um, and like I said, God, you know, we got blessed financially. I, God just got me, uh, surprised me with a, a raise. And there's a whole story behind that. Um, so God just like covered us completely. Um, and so I just, I want to testify that God is so good and he, he is so near in those times that we need him, even if it doesn't feel like it, like he's so close. And, you know, one of the things I, 
uh, one of the, the things that I, I mentioned in this podcast um, is I'm convinced that this whole life is about relating to the person of Jesus. And there were elements of, of things I experienced that I was like, oh my goodness, I can relate to God in a different way now. And I want to share that with you really briefly. I know you guys are on here for this conversation. Um, so if you want to skip ahead, you can. But I, I want to share this with you. When when my daughter, when I, I was ta- speaking to her like I shared, and, and she couldn't look me in the eye, and uh, she couldn't hear my voice, I, you know, afterwards I was processing that with God and I was like, God, that's how you feel. <laughs> I got to feel the heart of the father when he's speaking to us and it's, we can't, we can't look at him. We can't lock eyes with Jesus and we can't hear his voice. Um, when we're struggling, when there's external things, um, you know, or we've allowed our circumstances to overwhelm us or that the way that my heart was was longing for her just to hear my voice, I got to feel the heart of the Father, that how he longs for us to hear his voice. I also watched as uh, I watched my daughter go through pain and, and suffering and hardship and, in a way that made me realize I, I now I understand how the Father feels when he gave his son and I saw, I even saw a, a Christian leader I respect a lot who just posted uh, in this last week about how he has a he has a, a physical ailment, ailment that he lives with, and that that isn't guaranteed in in what Jesus did. What Jesus did was to heal um, uh, fi- uh, spiritual and emotional wounds, not necessarily physical. And he it was a, all this thing against healing and prosperity. And I don't want to get off on that, but I want to say this, uh, it's, it's God's will to heal because the, the father's will to heal is seeing the person in Jesus and everyone who came to Jesus was healed. Uh, that doesn't mean he healed everybody, but everyone who came to him was healed. And I got to see what it's like for the father to look at us when we haven't received healing, uh, and see where we're at. And I know it breaks the heart of God. And it breaks Jesus's heart as well and the heart of Holy Spirit to see humanity, to see people who Jesus paid for, not only to be healed, but to be saved, to be set free from torment. I understand that at a deeper level. And I was able to relate to Jesus on a deeper level than I've ever been able to relate to him because I watched my daughter in that place. Now, did God put her there? No. But what the enemy meant for evil, God turned into worship in my heart. <laughs> And that's incredible. So I hope that encourages you guys. Also, I want to say this, like you guys have no idea um, how much little acts of obedience or generosity impact people. Um, you guys were in the last two weeks, this podcast has really uh, jumped a lot. It had a big jump in, in listenership and we had added two more nations. We're up to 23 nations and we have almost all the nations listening in every episode. So I don't know who you guys are. I'm thankful you're listening. You should reach out, send me a message. I'd love to hear what nation you're in and what brought you to the podcast. Um, But also like there was a jump in financial support. You guys were started. I got more recurring um, like monthly gifts and one-time gifts than we have the whole time in the last two weeks. And a substantial amount of money started coming in, which is such a blessing because God's put so much on my heart for this next season. 
and but you guys have no idea how many you know not that i would I, it's not that i would stop if that stuff wasn't happening but those are those are things that it was like with each one because i was getting emails of each donation coming in uh in the midst of uh the hardship we've been in the last few weeks and uh each one was like an encouragement of the lord just saying keep going and and him blessing through you guys blessing what he's doing uh, and and showing that we're on the right track. So thank you guys so much. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your prayers for all those who are praying for my daughter, for our family, um, who do pray for us. Uh, thank you. It it means the world. Um, and I I I really pray that this podcast blesses you. That people are saved, healed, and delivered. Um, all through this podcast and and I hope to continue that and and see this um, spread around the world so thank you for helping us do that uh, if, if you would like to support the podcast or support what this ministry is doing um, you can do so by going to firemovement.com slash support once again that's firemovement.com slash support and you can choose monthly or a one-time gift and you can choose the amount uh, but all that goes to help us expand this so thank you so much um you're helping us grow our impact and also please share this with your friends there's people you know who need to hear this podcast and uh so please share it with them share it on social media uh help get the word out it really i know it's easy just to listen and and go on with the rest of your day but that stuff goes a long way and helps get this uh out there as well as um subscribing, following on all the podcast apps that you have. And uh, if it has a a place to review, leave a review uh, and that sort of thing. So uh, we're going to jump back into the conversation. This is part two. So if you missed part one, be sure to jump back to part one and listen to that first. But in part two, we're about to discuss uh, some of our greatest God encounters. And um, you don't want to miss this. Uh, So we're going to jump into that right after a quick sponsor segment. Religion loves Jesus the teacher, is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. But you gotta go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth, he's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's, there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you, is standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll, if you'll align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. Okay, guys, so uh, where we left off, one of the questions that we received was somebody was asking, what are the most impactful God encounters we, we've each had? 
Um, so you guys can jump in. You can um, share whatever you're comfortable sharing. It's a big question. It is a big question. <laughs> and really, like you can you can sort of answer out of your out of your season. Yeah. Um, unless I mean, most of us, the biggest God encounter would be the one that brought us to Him. Yeah. Either be the filling of the Holy Spirit or getting saved or whatever that yeah. looked like. Um, but like, let's talk about those ones that like changed everything probably outside of salvation the ones that like really changed the the paradigm of your life or shifted things like those those season or life shifting encounters yeah any of those stand out for you guys yeah i can i can jump in um i do want to say i i i really want to encourage you to not think of encounters as um things that shouldn't happen every day Mm. um one of my best friends told me that I was talking about intimacy and prayer and how much we spend in prayer. And he kind of changed the conversation to like, oh, yeah, I've been living daily encounters. And I'm like, wait, wait. He's like, yeah, I pray until I have the encounter. Mm. I don't pray based on my time. Mm. And it rocked me because I was satisfied with time, not with Jesus. And he provoked me to look for him, not look for time. Mm. And um, mm. I want to just encourage that. But um, this is probably not the most craziest encounter, but... It, it's just the two that the Holy Spirit keeps reminding me of at this moment is um, when I first got saved, I learned intercession real quick. So most of my time in prayer was intercession. And one day, I saw his faithfulness so much like in my life that I told him, God, today I don't come to ask you for anything. I just come to, to know you. And the moment I did that, he revealed to me my purpose. Like, I didn't even ask for it. And it just showed me that... Um, when you come to him for him, like he becomes an open book. You know, he reveals everything. And um, that encounter specifically just touched my heart so much because I, I you know, I, I, his goodness is the one that led me to surrender to that level. And then I just did it. And he just like rocks me with what I'm gonna do in my life. And it, it just it just changed my perspective on intimacy. And the second one is that um, I had a, I had a demonic, I was in college, I was at the University of Florida, and for like three months, I would wake up every day with demons attacking me, and um, I would open my, it got to a point where like my body would get picked up, um, I would have like these like fights, you know, with demons, and I started going through finals, and I was just tired, I was tired of, like I just couldn't sleep, you know, it's one thing to have demonic encounters, there's another thing to do them th- through finals week, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and what happened was that, um, it got to a point where every night I would wake up and I would I would see a black shadow in front of my face and I would hear hell. And it got exhausting. And um, I remember I would wake up with like giant bugs in my wall even though my room was always like clean. And and these crazy demonic encounters. And I remember um, I just told the Lord like, God, I just, I'm, I'm, I need you. So whatever, I finished finals, I get back home to Miami and um, I'm so exhausted that I have a night that my body, I'm sleeping with my little cousin that day, and my body gets picked up. And I cry out from a perspective of come deliver me. And he goes to me, no, you're going to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. And he led me through a prayer that broke off the demonic encounter. But I, I was still exhausted. The next afternoon, I was so tired from that last night that I go to bed and I have a dream. And this time... It's not a dark figure in my face because it was really close. Like these demons would show up literally in front of my nose. Uh, but this time it's not a demon. It's a white lion just kissing my face. Mm-hmm. And um, just love 
it wrecking me. Mm-hmm. When I wake up, I'm like, what? What just happened? And I realized that it was the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, it was Jesus, and um, it never happened again. Wow. Mm. And it's it's funny because the same way the enemy attacked me, he came to deliver me, but through love. Wow. And those two encounters have changed my life. Some demons have tried to attack me, but he he rocked me so much that they they I just ignore them now. <laughs> I, <laughs> he he casted out the fear. You know? Wow. Okay, I'll go next then. Um, for me, I got saved when I was seven. Um, I was actually called into ministry. I was 14 years old. Wow. I'll turn 35 in a few days here. Um, but uh, in 2014, and I would also add that around the age of 20, I experienced my first, um, I received my prayer language. I had a sovereign touch from the Lord and received my How old? About 20 years old, okay. yeah, so I've not been really spirit-filled or whatever. For Were you still in the Baptist church? I was still in the Baptist church when that happened. Uh, nobody laid hands on me. It was a sovereign God moment. So that was notable, mm-hmm. um, and it got me to a point. But I, in 2014, I was a youth pastor, and uh, I had taken like 10 kids to Honduras on a trip with Global Awakening, and I had experienced um, things in the supernatural. I'd seen healings, miracles, signs, wonders. I was respected as a prophet in certain circles, you know, so I'm not new to this, um, but I, I'm going on this trip and I was really seeking a uh, touch from the Lord. And, and I remember it was just early on in the trip. And if you've ever been to a charismatic conference, there are people at these charismatic conferences <laughs> that make you uncomfortable because they're not like the people you see anywhere else. And uh, I'm a pretty, you know, prior to this uh, point, I was a pretty conservative you know, had my wits about me, kind of, you know, sober and vigilant kind of guy. And I really actually took pride in the fact that I was cool under pressure and uh, mm-hmm. not very demonstrative or expressive unless I wanted to be. And uh, I remember there was this lady, we got, we drew this, we drew, drew straws and the first night was intercession night and they would do intercession by the pool. But this wasn't like intercession that I had ever seen before. I I, I saw the lady who was a lead intercessor, and I immediately marked her in my mind and said, she's weird. I want her to stay uh, away from me. And we get all of the kids upstairs. We're on a, a uh, upper deck of a hotel, a, a pool deck up top, and we're, uh, we're praying. And uh, there's it was us and three other groups, and she begins by having us get together in like a circle and hold hands. And I'm like, oh, Lord. In my mind, I'm like, I'm going to have to write letters to all of the parents on like what kind of cultic activity that we're taking part in and all of this, you know, like stuff. Like, what have I done? And I'm not even into it. And it's, I was like, man, this lady's in charge too, so I have to honor it. But I don't really buy any of this. And everything about a person that could offend my sensibilities, this woman was like, God fashioned her to offend me. You know, it was interesting because you'd said previously, you know, like God's not interested in your preconceived ideas of what he's like. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and he lives to kick those sacred cows over. Yeah. Um, and I, here I am, and we're all holding hands in a circle. And then all of a sudden she's like, started doing stuff I'd never seen before. And, and I would also caution people listening to uh, just because you haven't seen it before doesn't mean it's not God. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have the inner witness of the Holy Spirit to help us navigate those circumstances. Mm-hmm. And she said, we've been experiencing these powerful things as we, we come together in unity and we actually will find a tone and we'll be in that same tone. So it was almost like a humming. And I'm like, oh God, you know, we're holding hands. Now we're, we're humming. We're going to get bells out later. And, and, and like, what is this? What is happening? Sounds like Jesus. Kept oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I'm, and I'm 
standing there and I'm judging this lady like no other in my mind the whole time. And I remember she pointed out one of our, our students, which was a big guy, was a linebacker, big guy. She's like, Ray, there's an angel with you. Everyone that you pray, everyone that I pray for, you're going to pray for the angels with you. And I'm like, dear God, you know, like what's going on? Long story short, I don't even know if this woman touched me or not, but yeah. she gets over to where I am and she went to what I thought was going to put her hand on my head. And it felt like a Mack truck from heaven hit me with the full weight of glory. I doubled over under the glory and all at once I went, whoa, in this deep place within me. Um, I started to, to cry out and then it went from that and this power started rushing over me and it hurt. It didn't feel good. I was told the Holy Spirit was a gentleman and somebody lied. You know? <laughs> this, this was uncomfortable. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I have the shakes and the crunches and I'm, whoa, and, and it, you know, uh, just to give you some context, I hated it when people laughed, uh, like it offended me. I was, I would get indignant I'd be like, you're supposed to cry in church. You don't laugh in church, you know, and, and all of these things. And I hated it and, and I would not allow it. And it went from those woes to this deep something inside of me broke loose and this laughter started to come out and it was the deepest craziest thing and I started laughing like a blithering idiot mm. and I fell over on the ground and it was there were waves of liquid love mm. uh, intense wow. electricity mm. fire um, just the presence of God peace chaos all of it in a ball and I'm, I'm laying on the floor and I'm on my back in the fetal position and I'm just uh, under the presence of God. And this went on for nearly three hours. I, I think wow. it was three hours. I could not stop. And, wow. and sometimes it would intensify. And I remember people would walk over to me and they would put a hand on me. It was like it would go from a two to a 15. And it was so intense. It was so powerful. And, uh, I remember feeling things come out of me. Mm. I got delivered at the same time I received a radical uh, infilling of the Holy Spirit. And mm. I, I remember laying there. And I finally come to, after all of this time, I'm laying there. And uh, I remember uh, thinking, I'm very uncomfortable because it's a concrete pool deck on the mm. upper deck of a, a hotel. And you know those little curb stops that they put cords under? Like I had fallen on my back on one of those. So it's under my back. So I'm like, ouch, this hurts. And I've been, you know, doing the yeah, crunches yeah. on this thing. And uh, my, I, I open my eyes and I see like nobody else is standing. So apparently everybody's either left me up here or they're in the same position. I finally lock in on Ray, you know, the guy with the angel, right? And I'm like, Ray, come over here. And he starts laughing. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I can't get up. But my back hurts because of this thing. Can you can you try to pick me up? But I, I can't move. Like I was almost paralyzed. And in my rational, logical mind, I'm like, did I fall and slip a disc? And now I've thrown my back out and I can't move. But it was the glory of the Lord. Yeah. Mm. And he goes to pick me up. And, and mind you, Ray was Ray's a big guy. He was over 200 pounds, over six foot. I'm not. You know, like I'm 5'8", probably 140 pounds at this point. And he can't pick me up off of the ground with all of his might. I am stuck to the ground. And the more he tries, the more he can't move me. They get several people. After a while, they can prop me up. And the higher I got, the higher I got. As they started to pull me up, I'd never been drunk uh, in the natural or in the, in the spirit. And the more they pulled me up, I was inebriated in the presence of God, the intoxicating mm -hmm. presence mm -hmm. of God. And everything was hilarious. And I was loose, y'all. And I couldn't stand my legs. Like everything from the waist down was jello. Mm -hmm. Long story short, 
Um, I had my students, my high school students, drug me to my hotel room that night because I could not walk and I was so drunk. Mm. And uh, the next morning at breakfast was awkward because I didn't like that. I'd never put myself in one of those situations. <laughs> but it was in that moment that the Lord marked me and really began to speak. And it, it began a 14-day series of encounters wow. that I had. I was never the same. And I remember, you know, when you have a deep encounter with the Lord, right? It just gets at places you can't get at. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a really good cry, and then like a few days later, you take a deep breath, and then you go, you know, and you got that, <laughs> that, that, that place? For months, yeah. if I took a deep breath, I would be at that place of encounter mm -hmm. where the Lord would just meet me. I was so tender. I was so sensitive. Wow. And it was from that point. Before, I had been to a couple nations and preached the gospel, but... But I look at that moment um, where I really received a powerful touch of the glory of the Lord. I went home to, you know, do the, the youth service to preach. I got up and I was, you know, I was kind of rough back then. You know, <laughs> the Lord had not softened me up. And I went to preach like a hard corrective word. And three women fell out drunk in the Holy Ghost, rolling under chairs. That never happened at our church. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. but whatever happened to me took. Mm -hmm. And then from then on, that happened every single time. But that was like a, a marking moment for me. I've never been the same from that moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm convinced it was a Lord, uh, it was a searing before ascending. Like he, he wanted to sear my heart before he sent me. So that people would see I was actually marked wow. by the fire of his presence. And, and it, it changed everything for me. It was wow. really powerful. And it's super precious to me. Well, it's it's funny to me because that is like that's is part of your ministry now, <laughs> and it's like that's like actually a common part of your ministry. And it was something yeah. you were offended of. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> it, it is. I, I mean, I hated it so much. So before that point, no one ever got drunk or laughed um, or had really any of those encounters. After that point, every single I think every single time I've ever gone for impartation, many times outside of my control. A lot of times I'll be preaching just talking or reading a text and, and, and the glory of the Lord will rush in the room. And I've learned um, just how to function with it, but marking moments that change your life. And, and I love it now, man. I, 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 I'll jump in the pile with everybody. I'll jump in the river and float. I'm okay with that. Come on. Come on. Man. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so many. The one that keeps coming up, though, um, and I feel like this is kind of dual purpose. Mm -hmm. One is to honor this man, um, just publicly, to honor honor this individual. Um, I've been prayed for uh, many times from mm -hmm. people, and I don't always, like, get rocked, <laughs> right? Like. Yeah. I always have like these and, and it's part of like just how God like walks with me. I, I, I get rocked like really deeply in my intimate moments with him. Mm, come on. Um, <laughs> but I was at Bible college um, and you know, I'm a, I just, I just got saved. I was like, I actually questioned the Holy Spirit, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. You know, I actually went to a, Pentecostal Bible College specifically because I was like, well, I, when I got there, I was like, I'm going to prove that this isn't for everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's not for everybody. And now look at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he corrected that real real quick mm. uh, within the first week, actually. Um, <laughs> but 
when I was there, after I experienced the tangible presence of the Lord, and I and the the way that I came to know Jesus was through encounter, um, just by myself. Um, when I got to Bible college, and people would be talking about miracles, signs, wonders, all this kind of stuff, but then they would also, in the same breath, criticize different moves of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never understood it because, again, the way that I came to Jesus was, you know, just behind a drum pit when nobody else was praying for me. I was just there and the glory of God came mm-hmm. through. Um, and I remember it being like almost double minded, mm-hmm. like that first year of Bible college, like gosh, like I know this Jesus and this is what I thought I was getting myself mm-hmm. into when I came to Bible college. Like I thought we were going after encounter. I mm-hmm. thought we were going after this Jesus that I know. And we weren't just truthfully. We weren't, we put time limits on it. We tried to like, you know, expose scripture or expose these moments, all, all these kind of things. And, um, midway through, uh, one of my mentors who was the first person I met on campus, um, a very God, God guy, man, like could quote literally the whole scripture, all of Romans. He quoted that to me that the whole first year, um, every time I went to him with a question, just tell me more, man. Like, and he'd just quote Romans over and over again. Um, he introduced me to a man named Bill Johnson. Hmm. <laughs> and I remember when I like would listen to his stuff on YouTube I'd be like, this guy's on some some other level, right? Like, yeah. But then I would tell my roommates, or I would tell people in my hall, I would tell other people, and they would come at me, mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you got to be careful with that. Like, mm-hmm. you got to avoid that, or you know, he's not biblical. Like this, <laughs> this, that, and the other, right?" Um. And at some point. Uh, I think it was towards the end of that first year. So it would have been 2011. It was before my dad's heart attack. Mm. Um, so the uh, springtime before that, uh, he actually came, uh, Bill Johnson came to um, to the town that I was in. Um, I think it was actually Global Awakening, mm. which is funny. Mm. Um, and I remember asking the Lord, I was like, God, and at this point I didn't know really how to hear God's voice or I didn't know that I was hearing God's voice. I should say it that way. And, uh, I, I just prayed like, you know, thinking I'm just praying out loud, whatever I said, like, God, if this is you, like, I need to know like that this is you. And that coincided with my friend giving me a book, um, when heaven invades earth. And, uh, I would start reading scripture, right? Like, and God would show me kingdom principles. I didn't know yet that there were kingdom principles. And then I would Mm. read when heaven invades earth and I'd be like, whoa, like this is literally what God's showing me. So Mm. that was one sign, right? Second thing happens. We go, I go to this conference with, you know, my mentor and uh, we're sitting there on the front row. I don't know what to expect. I've never been in a setting like that. And, uh, you know, Bill, like Bill walks in and like, again, at this point I had no language around discernment, no language about anything, right? Anything prophetic, any of that. Um, I'm a, I'm a baby and all of that. Mm-hmm. And Bill walks in and I feel, I 
feel humility in the room. Mm. I've never been around somebody that's that's been like that, um, where I just feel the humility of the Lord, like Jesus Himself, like on a person. Um, and I'm just like, I don't know what this is, but this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And um, my mentor, he taught me like just to like, you know, be around people that carry anointing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, like, I just want to learn. I mm-hmm. want to observe. So I'm like hanging out as Bill's praying for everybody. And he turns around and he puts his hand on my head. Mm-hmm. And my buddies were like all around. And like, I didn't know this happened. But, mm-hmm. you know, days later they mm-hmm. came up to me. Um, but they said that when when Bill um, put his hand on my head, he you know, declared fire over me. And I went flying at least 30 feet. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm. like under the power of presence of God and I was just shaking in the chairs mm. and uh, next thing I know like I'm waking up and like like the conference is like over <laughs> <laughs> you're that guy yeah <laughs> he's still that guy he's still that. yeah I mean I am but uh, hey. <laughs> but um, it really marked me you mm. know um, because what ended up happening from that mm. from that one encounter for the next 365 days, hmm. like full year, literally, I would have these extraordinary moments of hmm. uh, divine wisdom hmm. that would just be deposited in my heart wow. and my spirit. Like I would go to bed and Which I would... Is, it's what Bill carries. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, I would literally see strategies. I would hmm. see blueprints. I would see design. I would see everything oh. hmm. coming from that. Um, like literally like um, think like uh, a Jacob's Ladder kind of moment like literal strategies from heaven just pouring out like I would be on my bed in my dorm room and I wouldn't I wouldn't like go to sleep I would actually be taken up with him Mm -hmm. and he would reveal the mysteries of heaven wow for a solid year Hmm. come on Um, and you know from that moment onward man I was never the same because that's how I started looking at everything everything in the paradigm of the kingdom come on Hmm. And hosting his presence and all that. That's wild. Yeah. So thank you, Bill. Yeah. Because I'm I'm sure he's listening. I know. (laughs) You never know. You never know. Love you, Bill. (laughs) God, love Bill. Man. Um, I hadn't heard all that. You haven't shared that with me before. I've never shared that publicly. Um, so I, I, I have to give some context, uh, to this, and this is one I, that keeps coming up in my mind to share. Um, so when I hit the point that, um, when I hit this point that, that, that I really got frustrated at the lack of transformational power in my life and the people around me. Like when I was like this gospel, I'm not I'm not dumb enough to question this gospel. I'm I'm smart enough to question my own experience with this gospel, mm-hmm. and and just start recognizing like, hey, you're this gospel is greater than what I'm experiencing, mm-hmm. um, and that that led me into this this season. Some people listening will know this. Like I've shared on here before of like chasing after. Okay, where where are the people that that carry God in a way that looks like the gospel I'm longing for Mm -hmm. you know like we're the ones who actually carry transformation who see the works of Jesus actually happen who 
uh, when you're with them, it's like you're with Jesus. Hmm. Like those are the people I want to get around. So I had a series of dreams and stuff about David Hogan, and then I found out um, he was going to be in every state around Ohio but Ohio. <laughs> and so I took off a month from work just to follow him and just be in the room, just to be in the room and get around him and honor what's on him. And um, so I ended up at uh, uh, Sunburn <laughs> and then at, in Pittsburgh and with Bo Key. And uh, I stood in the back of the room and just engaged with it and I was like you know I hadn't I hadn't been around him yet um, but I was like man this guy's the real deal mm-hmm. and you're just looking in his eyes and it's like you're looking in the eyes of Jesus but he was so intense and and, and, <laughs> and uh, almost violent you know like almost yeah um, anyways but then his message was like offensive <laughs> to any kind of religious thing in you because he talked about like one of the things that David Hogan does really well is he like is like here's my humanity. I wanted to punch the person in the face, <laughs> but Holy Spirit in me <laughs> led me to do this. You know, and he like he doesn't act like his humanity doesn't exist, which mm-hmm. I think is what a lot of us end up doing. We act like yeah. we're like so holy. Yeah. And um, but his message he shared about when he met his wife, and basically like there was a point where they're like we're just gonna get married. And so she had to go change and like put on something. And he said that she came out and she was wearing this mini skirt. And he like shares this whole thing about his wife in this mini skirt. And, and how he's just like, hmm. Uh, and, uh, and then they got married like that. And so, anyways, um, he shares all this. And his message was about putting your mini skirt on. <laughs> as the bride of Christ and he's like he's like I put my miniskirt on and he's like Jesus sees me and he's like mm. you know like it's like Jesus want he wants his bride he like his bride's beautiful <laughs> and it's just like what are you talking about like <laughs> you know but like in that community anybody who knows that community it, it, it worked there yeah. I would love for him to give that message anywhere else and be in the room uh, but yeah, so anyway, so he gives this message and, uh, honestly, like nothing was super impactful um, <laughs> to me, like in the message, um, nothing was super impactful about it. And, uh, but God was there and then he prayed for people afterwards. And like, I just, I remember watching him pray for the sick. This has nothing to do with the story, but like the encounter, but I, he just like basically said, come. Mm-hmm. Like you were sick, and he just went through the crowd and hugged people and kissed them on the head, mm-hmm. and like that's how he prayed for healing. And it was just so different because mm-hmm. I was used to the like we sit here and command it. Okay, where's it at? Oh, it's at seven mm-hmm. and command it again. And it was like, oh my goodness, this looks like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just went through a crowd and grabbing people and kissing mm-hmm. them. And I remember hearing a kid go up to him and confessing like some of his addictions and stuff. Oh. And he just he just looked at him and he didn't put shame on him. I like. He just spoke over him truth and hugged him and kissed him on the head and went to the next person. And that part was super impactful just watching that. But I didn't realize, I was honoring who he is, but I didn't realize what I was getting out mm-hmm. of his message. Yeah. And so uh, anyways, that night I have a dream and um, try to make it through this. Uh, in the dream, I wake up on the ground and I'm looking around and I'm in this like hall like some kind of 
giant hall, like almost like a medieval hall, but it's huge. Like something you see out like Lord of the Rings or something. Mm. Huge. And I'm like looking around, I'm like trying to figure out where I'm at. And I look, uh, I look down and I'm wearing a wedding dress. <laughs> and so I'm like wearing this wedding dress and, uh, and I'm like, and I'm on the ground. And then I, I look over and there's these giant wooden doors that had to have been like 50 feet tall, mm-hmm. giant, giant wooden, beautiful, uh, intricate doors. And I, I start to realize I'm like in the halls of heaven. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm, I look and all of a sudden the doors open and there's such a, there's such a brightness, uh, such a light coming out that I can't see who's coming in. And, uh, but then a man steps through and instead of like any, anytime there's light behind a person, they're going to be silhouetted. And, but he shined himself. Oh, come on. So he wasn't silhouetted as mm-hmm. he stepped through, like he stepped through almost like a tangible light, but he shined as well. And he came out and he, he stood there and he was actually, he was wearing this like beautiful suit and he was this, it was Jesus and he was, he was muscular and, and his, his skin was, uh, this, this, uh, he had this, like this tan, uh, beautiful features to his face. Uh, very warrior-like. It wasn't the Jesus uh, that I, I had imagined in mm-hmm. my head reading scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had these. He had long, uh, dark hair, and it was braided in these like warrior-like braids mm-hmm. through his hair. And um, and I'm laying on the ground, and I know I need to get up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in a wedding dress. <laughs> he's in a suit. This is this is the wedding. Mm-hmm. Like this wow. is the wedding. Wow. And he looks at me. And I'm like, at first, I'm uh, actually before I before I like make eye contact with him, I'm rolling around and I'm so concerned. I'm like, I'm on the ground. I'm in this dress. It's gonna get dirty, and I'm so worried about myself mm-hmm. and like my part in it. And then I then I look and I lock eyes. Mm-hmm. And I, in that moment, I understood a few things. Uh, the first thing was that we have weddings backwards, like our weddings. We the whole mm. thing is centered around the bride wow. walking down the aisle, and and everything stops to mm. to watch the bride come, and in this wedding, I was standing at the altar, and we oh, he wow. was waiting to start the wedding so he could walk, and wow. and all of wow. all of heaven, wow. all of mm. earth could stop and watch him walk, wow. um, and. And then I realized he spoke through his eyes. He never opened his mouth, but he looked at me in these eyes like so much love. Man, his eyes did something to me. Hmm. But he he looks at me and I couldn't think about myself anymore. Hmm. I couldn't think about the fact I was on the ground. I couldn't think about the fact I might mess up my dress. Like all these (laughs) things. I'm like, he looks at me and he he says to me through his eyes, like his eyes spoke to my my heart. And he says, with his longing, he says, tell them I'm ready. Mm-hmm. He says, tell them I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, it's just like this, almost like a pleading with me. Like, please tell them I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I knew, I knew that he was, he was ready to be received by his bride. He was ready to walk mm-hmm. down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And it was in the dream I could only focus on him, but in waking up, I realized I was the bride and I wasn't ready. I wasn't wow. standing up. I wasn't ready to receive him. Wow. In the dream, uh, there was also like, 
Okay, so one I, I, one thing I skipped. So there's a scene before this. So basically, what happens is, um, and I, I, I'm I'm at this doorway, and I don't know what this. It's like a glass door. I'm in this. I don't know where I'm at, but I'm looking. I look into this glass door, and it's almost like I'm overlooking the. Uh, it ultimately was the church. I was watching the bride. I was watching the service happen. I should have started here. So I'm like looking through this glass door, like almost from heaven's balcony, watching the church happen. And Benny Hinn comes up behind me and touches my back. And when he does, I start falling and I fall. I've experienced this a couple other times in dreams, but there was this tangible, uh, like the air of heaven, which is like thick and electric. Uh, and I'm falling, but I'm like almost like sinking through water or something, but it wasn't wet. It was, it was just thick and I'm like falling back in it. And that's when I fall back and everything goes black. And that's when I wake up and I'm in the dress. So he, he, Jesus, his eyes plead with me. And then I, it jumps out of that back to that room and I'm overlooking the church and I'm watching the church and I, a friend walks up to me and he's like, what's going on? And I said, I know the message of my life now. Wow. He wants them to know he's ready. Wow. wow. And that that has, you know, I was talking earlier about the attributes and the, that that is, that was the beginning of uh, a pursuit of that Jesus, the Jesus Come that's on. like, everything else melts away if you just see in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that is like my, my I've, uh, I always plead with people to just look in his eyes. Mm. Yeah, and I think we overcomplicate it. It's it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Is everything else will melt away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's crazy about that too is so I woke up, and uh, we were staying at somebody's house. There was a group of us. Um, I think there was probably seven guys. I'll stay in uh, in this person's basement, and I woke up, and I could still feel the air, the that atmosphere of heaven around me. And I woke up and I'm sitting there and I sit up and I'm just crying and I'm not, I'm not super, I've become more and more of a crier over the years, but especially at this point, I wasn't a big crier. And so I'm sitting there just crying, just like sitting in his presence, sitting in this atmosphere that's in this dream. And like this, I'm realizing this wasn't just a dream. Like this is something I just experienced and it's still around me. Like that reality is still around me. The natural world is thinner right now. uh, And the spirit realm is, is, is around me. And one by one, they start waking up and recognizing what's happening. And I'm realizing what, what just happened in my dream is now happening in the room. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they're waking up one by one and start crying. Wow. And I just, I start to share. And I just like start sharing the dream and what just happened. And it was like they got to experience the feeling or the, the atmosphere of what just happened. And it was just this beautiful thing where we're just beginning to worship God. It all came out of this message from David Hogan that didn't feel <laughs> yeah. didn't feel super spiritual wow. about he's him recognizing he's like I'm putting my miniskirt on like I I make the heart of Jesus excited mm. wow. and that that revelation and just really realizing that because I I've I you know to that point my life has been one of the you know, main markings of my life is hunger. And most people who know me know me for like hunger, hunger mm-hmm. after God and not, not stopping, not settling. I'm not okay with just the normal Christianity. I'm not okay with the normal life. I want to hunger for more of God. 
And it was in that, in that encounter that I realized he's actually more hungry for us than we could ever be for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, it, which fuels even more hunger for him because he first loved us. Yeah. Now we can love him. And he, he first hungered for us and now we can hunger back for him. Mm-hmm. It just, it drives everything. Mm-hmm. So good. That, man, that's, that's marked my life. Come on. So good. Um, one of the other questions we got is uh, what advice, and I think this is really good, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? That's, that's a big question. <laughs> Man. Wow. Wow, I've never thought of that one. I ask that all the time to leaders, but I've never... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I still feel like I'm 20, so... Yeah. Come I on. don't. Hey, I don't feel 20. like I'm 20 at all. <laughs> I look 18, so I'm got to look. That's a good thing. I'll, uh, I'll answer because I saw this question, so I've had a little bit of time to think about it. And you guys can. Um, so when I was 20, I got, uh, that's about the point I got filled with the Holy Spirit and everything changed for me, but I was a broken kid. I was really orphaned. Um, it's about the time I saw the person raised from the dead and it's about the time that everything shifted for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of my, I think what I would say to my 20 year old self is I would I would tell my 20 year old self a lot of the things you think you want you don't want and the things you aren't even thinking about are actually the most important things in your life and I would I would encourage my 20 year old self and I I, luckily I had people like Jasmine Tate was one of those people that really was encouraging me in that time Mm. go after Jesus Mm. like go after Jesus and I I didn't really know how um, and I was being embraced by ministry. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, there was some, some of that was God, some of it wasn't. Um, and I would save my 20 year old self a lot of pain and a lot of, um, misguided affection. That's good. It's probably a good way to put it. That's actually a fantastic articulation. Um, yeah, a lot of misguided affection uh, if if I could align my 20-year-old self to like really focus on Jesus, not worry about ministry. I mean, I'm in this season of life now where it's like God's like, hey, you're going to do more ministry stuff. And I'm like, hey, I don't want to. Like, <laughs> I really love this life with God. I love what's happening with my family. I love this. I love sitting with people. I love eating meals with people and, and encountering God that way. Mm-hmm. I love the stuff behind the scenes that happen. Like, I love this stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't need a stage. I don't need, I don't want that world anymore. Twenty year old me, yeah. um, I remember walking into conferences and being like, man, I wish people saw who I was. Mm. Like, I wish they recognized how awesome I am that I just walked in. Like, that was Mm. the stuff. Whether I'd acknowledge that that I actually was thinking that 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 was in my heart. Was this like people should recognize who I am and what was on me was very evident. So a lot of people did, mm-hmm. which doesn't help. Yeah. You know, it doesn't help that. So, uh, you know, just going after Jesus would cut through a lot of pride, um, a lot of youthful pride and a lot of those things that needed to be worked out. Man, 20 year old self. I would, I would say, um, it's going to be way harder than you anticipated. Mm. There's going to be a lot more pain it's also going to be better than you ever thought it could be. Mm. And there's going to be a lot more joy and a lot more pleasure and a lot more 
kind of like what you said, the stuff that you think you want, you don't want. And the things you never dreamed about mm. are going to be your heart's desire. And uh, trusting the timing of the Lord. He knows what he's doing, you know. And the prophet Garth Brooks once sang a song. <laughs> Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Mm. And if I had a dollar for every time, I was like, thank you for not giving me what I was asking mm -hmm. for. Because it was not what I needed. Yeah. And you're kind of in that position many times where it's like, if he's not giving it to you, you either, you either cannot steward it at this point in your life or it's not for you. And really trusting those, um, those unknown elements. And yeah. Just... Uh, yeah. Take a deep breath. Slow down. And embrace what you're in in this moment. It's funny, I had this conversation with Randy. Uh, Randy Clark is one of my spiritual fathers and one of the uh, people who initiated the Toronto Revival in 1994. And uh, one time I was sitting in an interview with him and somebody was asking, at what point did you know uh, that you were in revival? You know, those meetings went on to be the longest set of protracted meetings in the history of mankind, I think, at this point. It actually went on like 12 plus years. And uh, he said, you got to be careful because history records things differently uh, than, than they actually happen. History is very kind. He's like, we were well into revival before we realized it because history will kind of uh, wash and clean and sterilize yeah. the experience, he said. But we did not always get along. We were not always best friends with each other. And a lot of us were going through deliverance all through that process. Yeah. And he's like, you got to watch it because you may very well be in the greatest years of your life right now and not know mm. it. And you're looking forward to a, a future season. And he said he didn't regret anything other than maybe stopping to savor the moment. And if there's anything that I've taken away from that, because he had even gone on to say, Justin, you know, how old are you? You know, at this point in the game, I was around 30. And, and he's like, he said... I didn't even get to Toronto until I was about 40. He said, you've already preached to larger crowds, had a, a larger footprint of ministry than I ever dreamed of at that wow. point in my life. And I was like, oh my God. You know, like that's a, to have him sit down and not, that I haven't done anything, you know, and I'm, and I'm a nobody and I don't view myself that way. But just to hear somebody like, you know, my hero, Randy saying like, no, you need to be aware uh, of what he has the capacity to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd say be cognizant of those things and, and then. Uh, just rest in his timing. Mm -hmm. He's always on time. Mm -hmm. He really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wrote a few mm -hmm. things down. Um, actually, while you were saying the the one thing, I was uh, I was writing like verbatim. Mm -hmm. uh, what he has is better than what you mm -hmm. thought it could be. Come on, come on. Mm -hmm. um, literally verbatim, because I think that was a, a big struggle of mine. Mm -hmm. um, when I was 20 is I was yeah. always trying to chase all these words sure. from the Lord or you know whatever it is like the things that I thought I needed to do or thought I wanted to do thought what was on my life like Bible college right everybody's talking about planting churches or going to the mission field and my heart is in missions and going to the darkest places where you know literally like nobody else wants to go mm -hmm. and so I'm like let's just do it <laughs> well, let's go you know what I mean um, I believe God's bigger than all that, but like I think what what I look back at in those moments is like I was so caught up in that world that I forgot to stop and like enjoy His presence in everyday life. That's really good. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I listed a few things here. 
uh, one of the things is uh, it's all going to be okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> like it's all going to be okay, Vince. <laughs> He's worth the sacrifice of everything for the presence of peace. Mm. Because peace is him, right? Mm. Um, he's worth the sacrifice of everything. Everything. Like worry, fear, whatever it is. Like success, all of it. Um, what he's speaking to you doesn't need you to be perfect in pursuit of those things. It simply requires your simple yes mm. Mm. and showing up. Just show up. Uh, what he has is better than what you think it could be. I said that. Submit to his process and share. Talk about it. Yeah. Testify, right? Um, have freaking fun. <laughs> good grief. Don't be so serious. Don't yeah. be so serious. That's, Just a good, that's, a, that's a really good one. Yeah. It's something that I've only learned like within the past five years. Same. Like, but it's changed my life. Yeah. Changed my relationship with him. Just be human. Yeah, just be human. Like, mm. literally. Um, invest in friendships that are deep and pursue vulnerability because it actually mm. opens up um, deeper friendships. Um, mighty men. Uh, and then the last one, like, try a lot of stuff. Mm. Like, try try to have fun. Like, experiment. Like, gosh, I uh, I've always wanted to, like, kayak. I didn't kayak until I moved to Seattle. That was three years ago. <laughs> I'm 30 years old, 27, 27 years old. <laughs> you know, like I wish I tried that when I was 20, when all my other friends are going, yeah. you know? It's good. It's good stuff. Um, I was like barely saved at 20. <laughs> <laughs> I got saved at 19, and, <laughs> and um, I was real stubborn, you know. Um, at 20 is when I actually committed to the Lord for real. It's the last time I felt really bad, and he shook me. Um, so the advice I'm going to tell myself is is not really, um, it's, it's not really something that I struggled when I was at 20, but if I would have learned it at 20, it would have saved me a lot of hassle through my 20s. I'm 31 now. And I think it's three simple ones. One is um, don't fear, man. Mm. Like, get rid of the fear, man, fully. I don't think I live with the fear, man, but at some point in my life, later in my 20s, I kind of fell into it in the name of honor. Mm. And wow. it, it, really, wow. it really messed up my Jesus. heart a little bit. Um, and I think the fear of man um, was one of the things that I slowly, I didn't realize this, but it, it slowed down my both my relationship with the Lord as well as my identity. So I think as a 20-year-old, if I can really advise myself on how to overcome the fear of man, it would have, it would, you know, it would have allowed me to enjoy the Lord a lot more. Mm. It would have allowed me to enjoy the process and, and the situations, the opportunities, you know. Mm. I, I pursued perfection yeah. uh, in, in the name of pleasing yeah. my authorities rather than just mm. allowing God to use me, you know. Yeah. So that's one of them. Um, another one is at 20 years old I, I again I was very stubborn so it took me like three years to have a good mentor <laughs> but at 20 I would have I, I would tell myself listen man find somebody that loves God more than you do and just pick their brain learn you know it, it really um, bad company corrupts good character yeah. 
as Proverbs and and I think at that age, man, just even right now, like if you don't know somebody that loves God more than you do, yeah. uh, you might be in the wrong circles. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so good. Wow. And then lastly, this was something that I struggled with at 20 and I think it would help me is that I was so afraid that his will was not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. I just, I remember my cousin, I was brand new saved and my cousin would be like, seek the will of God. And in my head, I'm like, what if it's not what I want? <laughs> what if he doesn't want the girl that I'm into or, or, the, or the work that I want? And, and you know, they kind of hit so it earlier, real. which is, man, like, his will is, like, his will makes your will look like you're dumb. You know? <laughs> like, you know, and I, you know, I don't mean it in a bad way, but it's the yeah. truth. Like, his will has been the greatest taste of my whole life. And the moment I said yes to it, man, like, I never imagined the things that, I, that God has led me to, like, financially, um, uh, pre- like, you know, I, I've preached to like 5,000 people in the craziest countries. I couldn't hold a mic at 20 years old. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't speak in a speech class. You know, mm-hmm. I would say the speech nervous. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Man, I've, I've seen God heal cancer and mm. in my own family. I've seen Him um, deliver people that were going to kill themselves that day. Wow. I've seen Him, I've seen Him yeah. use a punk from Miami to lead a ministry in marketing that does TV and radio and uh, online and, mm. and crusades around the world and feeds thousands and of people. Like His will just opened it it his will is the only thing that will allow you to know the real you mm-hmm. so, so say good. yes to it wow. and i think that's what i would wow. advise myself wow. say that last thing again Can, do you remember it i think so <laughs> his will is the only thing that will allow you to know the real you yeah. so it, it will give you the opportunity to tap into it and um man just just like I think as 20-year-olds, we're very stubborn. Just shut your mouth and... (laughs) (laughs) And really really just... um, Like, I would would sit myself and be like, look, man. I'm going to tell you a plan for success. Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) I would be a millionaire right now. (laughs) (laughs) Save up all your money (laughs) from this point. Just freaking... just yeah. dump forget about food forget about kids yeah. you know just yeah. put your money there um, sorry <laughs> that was good no I would just really tell myself like man just just die to yourself and say yes to his will mm. and um and 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 I, I would add to it I would say obedience like don't don't try you know don't try to seek the will of God by just pure knowledge of everything that he wants you to do just follow step by step find out the next step and he'll take care of you yeah so good it's really good <laughs> but if you took something from this bitcoin yeah, yeah which right now might be dogecoin <laughs> which, which you could donate here you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're not offering financial advice at this point yeah. but we will accept bitcoin on the podcast <laughs> if, if you want to donate yeah uh, yeah you know, it's funny, like... You <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, that was 
<laughs> it's funny because like one of the things I would tell myself is like invest. Well, yeah, yeah. it would be. It's a lot it, of things. You know, it's more like you're not always gonna be broke. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> and go. then the other thing, like you talking about, like not knowing if his will is is good. Yeah. You know, that like, was my greatest fear back then. I was mm-hmm. so I I I had I it's I literally had a process where like I had to give up the idol of wanting to be married and have kids. Yeah. And because but I was also so like convinced that God didn't want me to have a family. Wow. Even though it was like this great desire in me and I'm like I don't think he wants it for me. I think I'm supposed to go yeah. die and be a martyr somewhere yeah. and all this stuff. And it's like, no, he's so good, yeah. and he had it for me. And if I just would have chilled, I could have been in the moment, like what you're wow. talking about. I'm like, or maybe you said, like, I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh yeah, the thing about Randy, like, I'm looking ahead to the future. Well, you said too, like yeah. being in the moment. Yeah. And like, I missed out on all these years of intimacy, which thank God he's outside of time and he can catch us up. But like, yeah. I missed out on years of intimacy with him yeah. because I was looking forward to this mm-hmm. day when my life would come together. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of twenty year olds are guilty of yeah. that. Now we're all on our early 30s early mid 30s but like you know in, in your 20s a lot of times you are looking forward to this and when you're not sure. married it's like when i get married everything's gonna come together mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and then it's like oh kids and the career yeah. and or my ministry mm-hmm. and it's like all these things and it's all these like future things and it's like man you're missing out on like foundational yeah. intimacy so um, good so, so good. that's really important yeah well this has been part two of my conversation on the unfiltered roundtable uh, with some amazing guys. If you did not get a chance to uh, listen to the individual podcast with uh, Justin Allen, Andres Brisuela, and Vince Canagrage, you'll want to jump back to those episodes and listen to them uh, while you wait for part three to be released. Uh, but there is a part three of this conversation that's coming. We have about one more hour of uh, just rich conversation we get into some some really deep stuff here um some things that most people don't talk about so uh you'll you'll definitely want to hear that um also please share this uh share this with your friends on social media all those things and uh if if this ministry uh or this podcast has impacted you in any way would you please consider giving a one-time or monthly uh, gift uh, to support what we're doing and help us expand this. Uh, you can do that by going to firemovement.com slash support. Once again, that's firemovement.com slash support. And there you can choose a one-time or monthly uh, gift as support. So thank you so much. Thank you uh, for all your support and all you guys do. Um, and keep the testimonies coming. If this has impacted you, please reach out to me, DM me on, on, uh, Instagram at at Encounter Fire is our Instagram. Uh, message me on Facebook. Uh, text me if you have my number. <laughs> whatever you'd like to do, you can email us at in, uh, it's info at firemovement.com. Uh, but yeah, please let us know how this is impacting you. Uh, any thoughts you have? Any questions you have? I'd love to uh, love to meet you guys. So uh, until next time, this has been the Fire Podcast.